What is up, guys? I am your host, Greg Lane, and welcome to Uncommon Sense. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the show. Still taking place uh, in this time of the pandemic, which I'm sure will actually soften up as the year goes on, as long as we are all attentive to what we must do and how to do so responsibly. Now, I need to take a moment to address something that I think a lot of people are confusing about the CDC's new orders regarding social distancing. Now, here's the thing. The thing that people are confused about is why vaccinated people still need to wear a mask inside. They're saying that, hey, I'm vaccinated. It's not like I'm going to spread it. But the problem is, you could. Much like typhoid Mary and much like possums with rabies, you could still carry the virus on you without feeling the effects. Now, that is problematic because that means you could unknowingly transfer it from person to person and spread the microbes every which way you're going. So we should be mindful of the fact that we need to still be careful about passing around the virus as well as trying to get the infection rate as low as we possibly can get it, even more so consistently. Now, here's the thing. Something else that needs to be addressed is how the government is not um, putting a patent on the COVID vaccine, which, frankly, I think is actually a good marker. Of all the times for for-profit medicine to shut up and let medicine do what it's supposed to do, this is definitely that time. We need to be able to create more vaccines in order to immunize the entire population, and we need to really have more evidence of the vaccine being effective, so that way, if we need to address the variants of COVID that are starting to pop up in certain places, we can absolutely do that. So, we have still way more work to do with this. Which, frankly, for me is a little disappointing because I was thinking that once I got the vi- once I got the vaccine and once the infection rate started going down, I could just go back to my usual social activities. And frankly, I don't think I'm ever going to go back to that. I mean, considering all the reflection time that I've had staying at home and re-examining my social habits, I think I'm going to start trying to be more mindful about how I socialize and who I do it with. Granted, of course, I am a little, uh, I'm disheartened at the fact that I have amassed quite a collection of party games, well, mostly, uh, truth and dare games that revolve around drinking, and I still have not been able to utilize it. But still, you know what they say, 30s is basically your 20s with more, more fiscal responsibility and stability. But, eh. It's kind of hard to put all these things together. It really is. So I'm hoping that as time goes uh, forward, we can still continue to learn. We can still continue to progress. And I'm trying, actually, I'm hoping that I'm trying my best to not become stuck in my own ways. Because the last thing I want to do is turn into one of those older conservatives that just doesn't want to listen to the new factors because it goes against what they learned and developed when they were our age. So hopefully I can still retain my openness, but if I don't, I encourage any of my more progressive-minded friends to please hit me in the head with my own shillelagh so that I can have a cognitive recalibration. 
Moving on though, what I really want to talk about tonight is classic games. Now, I grew up as a PS2 kid, and some of my favorite mainstays were Sly Cooper, Spyro, Ratchet and Clank, and Jack and Daxter. Now, what I love most about those games is how, frankly, they were just accessible, yet pleasantly challenging. You know, they had storylines, they had characters that you remembered, and they had a good amount of dialogue and even certain comedy and even some tense bits that actually kept you involved. It was like an interactive graphic novel in certain ways. Now, the reason I bring that up is because, frankly, recently, I decided to invest in an old PS2 system because I want to replay some of the old games. And, frankly, they were fun. It was fun to upgrade weapons in Ratchet and Clank. It was fun to steal loot from criminals in Sly Cooper. And it was fun to kick monster ass in Jack and Daxter. However, the question uh, that I've been thinking of lately is, is there ever a way to bring that platform games back? I'm talking bring the same games that created the all-star team-up with Sly and Bentley, Ratchet and Clank, and Jack and Daxter fighting a alien race that brought together the greatest heroes of the universe. Now, I have to be totally honest though, considering that we've also been living in an age of remakes, relaunches, and rebranding older franchises, I'm actually a little bit nervous about that. It seems to me that, in certain regards, there are certain outlets that are very hesitant to launch new game work, or new ideas, so to say. I mean, after all, no one can really tell what's going to become a hit or not. Frankly, if you look at Halloween, that was a cheap movie that utilized a simple concept, but because of the simplicity, it sparked a huge following that eventually founded God knows how many sequels. And sometimes you don't even have to be that good to spark so many sequels. Take Sharknado, for instance. Sorry, Tara Reid. But anyway, so something I wish that they would kind of bring back with that is make it accessible to all ages, though. Now, here's my reasoning behind that. We all need hobbies. And frankly, sometimes you don't always want to get involved with a physical hobby such as woodworking, auto repair, or auto restoring, archery, hiking... Um, hort horticulture, which basically growing, and frankly, sometimes all you have is your tech. Now, PC gaming has definitely upped the ante for that in certain regards, and I'm not saying that we should totally forego PC gaming or VR gaming or any of the great advancements we're seeing in technology, but maybe we should have an option to go back to basics, and maybe also we should have a shift in society acceptance that allows for gaming to be more acceptable at all ages. Here's my reasoning behind that. If you also look at, say, anime culture, I'm speaking from a kid who grew up with Toonami. I remember when Naruto uh, first came out, I remember when Bleach came out, I remember Dragon Ball Z, I remember them all. And something really got me about those was the fact that if you look at the anime in their origin country of Japan, Frankly, they were more enjoyable. They were more mature. They were more serious. And you also see this with other animes, such as Yu-Gi-Oh! and Duel Monsters. Frankly, it seems that whenever animation is brought to America, it is incessantly dumbed down or 
appropriated, and I say appropriate as in subject matter is removed, to make it more accessible to kids. Because, frankly, unlike Japan, we don't consider, at least as a society as a whole, watching anime as adults to be universally acceptable. It's typically niche uh, markets, niche uh, social groups, and sometimes, well, let's face it, there were kids in school that get made fun of that for that. And also, I'm still waiting on the results for whether or not running like a ninja actually lets you run faster or not. Granted, of course, trying to do Dragon Ball Z moves in the playground to mess with your bullies or get back at them, that's where I typically draw the line. But anyway, but there are also parts of it that show how, frankly, there were things that were sacrificed. There's humor that gets sacrificed, and also, more famously, if there's anyone listening to this who is a fan of Sailor Moon, if you're a real fan of Sailor Moon, you probably know the most egregious change that they decided to make to the show regarding two characters who happen to be partners romantic partners who were also both female and they changed that in the Amer- in the English translation by saying that they were cousins although I am very perturbed that they took it the Arkansas way but that's a discussion for another podcast but going back to my core point I'd love to see someone take a step back to platform problem solving and even storyline or interactive novel game In fact, I think there's a number of storylines in books and literature that could actually be adapted that way. However, that would also require the insight and also the input of the writer. I think we all can agree the last thing we want is another Percy Jackson film adaptation. (sighs) But that's a discussion for another podcast as well. So the real thing, well actually this is mostly just a nostalgia trip for me because I remember growing up with them, I remember Hero Mode, I remember all the wonderful Easter eggs which are now a popular thing to do in the MCU and the DC animated universe, or television universe, or Arrowverse, and frankly, I think it's fun for developers to be able to do essentially what great authors can do. They get to create a world or even a universe, and they get to create characters that they can go as deep as they want or as shallow as they want. They can make them compelling or they can make them complex. They can make them likable, they can make them surprising, or they can make them into pretty much the embodiment of what we all dislike in this world. But I want to see more of that. And I'd also like to see it more of an accessible way. I think one of the downfalls of the platforms, particularly Xbox, PlayStation, and even Nintendo, has been they've been up in the ante on their game platforms. Not only that, but frankly, I don't know exactly what they're doing to these uh, consoles to make the selling price so high, but sometimes it puts the whole game out of reach, and it means that you have to essentially buy into the whole culture. And I'm not saying that we should have such a casual culture uh, in gaming that anyone can get to it, but I'm saying that maybe there should be a slightly easier way to get into it. You know, because frankly, if you can't get new customers in the door, your business is never going to succeed. That's business 101 for a consumer-based market. 
But anyway, so another thing that I also want to uh, try to avoid is another Sly Cooper Thieves in Time. I think even casual fans of the franchise can agree what the hell happened with that game. The animation was different. The characterizations were different. The the load times, the, the freaking load times, and the antics were just, it was so amateur and infantile. And then the sucky part is, is that it was actually an interesting concept. We've heard so much about the ancestors of Sly Cooper and the Cooper family that it was interesting to actually be able to go through history and look at them. But frankly, I wish also that they could have made a much more compelling villain because as as a as the game actually pointed out the arch villain was a moron he basically created a underground criminal empire and he could have been the greatest thief of all time but he had to let his ego get in the way and blow his cover just for petty ass revenge over what happened to his father so that's also where story writing actually comes into play and it also kind of connects to an earlier topic I've talked about on the show in regards to screenwriting. If you're going to create characters and you're going to create storylines, maybe you should think about it with a little bit of logic. I mean, after all, that's why Halloween was so uh, popular and so iconic. It was literally a shape targeting babysitters. And that shape could have been someone with strong invulnerability. It could have been someone who just refused to die. But it was just such a question mark, and it was so close to real. I mean, it was a guy who killed people with kitchen knives. So that's what made it so realistic. That's what made it so compelling as well. So if you bring that sort of element into games, it actually is something that people actually want to play all the way through. Granted, I think it would also lead to an uptick in game binging, which might uh, negatively uh, factor into American obesity rates. But then again, I'm speaking about this from an entertainment perspective. I promise I'll cover the nutritional and the health perspective when I retouch healthcare in America in an earlier episode. But kind of uh, concluding this, though, so what I really want to say is that I really hope and pray that somehow we are able to bring back a certain genre of games in the future, maybe after COVID, maybe during COVID, that we can actually pass on to the younger generation and maybe even enjoy as adults because one of the best things about growing up to be the person who makes the mediums, makes the games that you uh, grew up with is essentially you get to make your own toys. And frankly, what is more exciting? What's more satisfactory? What's more fun than being able to make an experience that you can curate for yourself or maybe you even collaborate with others to offer just enough surprise and, uh, you know, actually pretty much surprise to make it intriguing for you. So if we can bring gaming back to that uh, level, I think we'll be much better off as a culture, as a country, and maybe by extension into other spheres, actually even more so as a country. So, yeah, bring back platform and problem-solving games. And make them accessible for adults. That's all I can really say. Thank you guys for listening. This has been On Common Sense. I'm Greg Lane. If you want to interact with the show more, you 
and follow me on Twitter or Facebook. I promise to reply to any questions or posts you guys uh, do. As always, never stop learning. No question is uh, too dumb to be posed. And keep living your best life.